Cross-Politik begins in 3, 2, 1. I'm a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the Spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to CrossPolitik with Gabe Wrench, the Waterboy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Thank you for joining CrossPolitik. Man, we got a great show ahead of you. This is All Access CrossPolitik with All Access Apologia. Yeah. Am what? I allowed to do that? Am I allowed? Did I just take their branding? Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we share in Christianity. I plugged, I plugged all access. Sure did. That's stealing. what I did. It's apologiastudios.com. That's where you go to get that. <laughs> where where so is it? Apologiastudios.com. Right, right I'm sorry. I just need one more time for me. Apologiastudios. Yeah, Gabe has one ear, so he, he needs yeah, to hear yeah, it a couple yeah, times. I'm, I'm definitely okay. one ear. Yeah, 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 announcer's voice. Apologiastudios. So we got, dot com. we got Jeff Durbin in the house. Yes. What's up, guys? And um, who are you guys? Pastor Luke. Pastor That's Luke. Me. And then Pastor Claudie. Yes, hello. Lottie Dottie. We like to Claudie. Lottie Dottie, oh we like to Lottie. Pass Lottie, we, uh, forgive us. Oh, my oh that's God. now his official name. Uh, <laughs> Lottie Dottie. Lottie Dottie. We like to Claudie. Like <laughs> and hey. we also have um, Vice President um, Mike Pence when he was governor of Indiana. Um, his we don't director have him. No, we don't have him. Budget. <laughs> that was a really awkward. His director, <laughs> his director of budget. We don't, we don't have Mike Pence. You just no, got everyone is super excited, Gabe. <laughs> and now they're going to stop. They're going to stop. Budget. Director of budget, have, Brian Bailey. There it is, Brian Bailey. <laughs> so <laughs> let me just while. rephrase that. We have Brian Bailey on the show. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. man, he's a great guy. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have Mike Pence. Everybody's like, yeah, the budget director. His budget director. Then you just deflate the whole thing. His cab driver. Oh man! Oh Gabriel! Let's just get to the news. That was good. Let's get to let's get to hey. news because we want to get into it. I want to discuss some things for you guys. Yeah. Oh we, no! We, we got to confront these apologia guys. Yes, we about? Do. We, we'll get there. Oh, you know that's what brothers we'll do. There. Okay, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah we got to confront you. I'm okay. glad I brought my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I, I heard you ain't baptizing your babies. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? We're baptizing babies. Uh, uh, what, so are you, what are you guys doing in Moscow? You're moving up here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I heard you were looking at a house. We 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 brought our t- we brought our team. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Darren Don't asked me last yeah, night did try, to move yeah. all of Apologia Church, church up here. The 200 families up here. <laughs> hey man, he's got the property. Uh, and I him. discovered. I think this Gabe's strategy is to take w- pluck one off at a time. He's yeah, pulling, he's a sheep stealer. Yeah, you got here. Josh here now. Now you got. Um, you got Austin, Austin coming yeah. now, and so my and, son. And who else? My son is yes. is working on coming here to is NSA. That official? New St. And Andrews I'm College. Sure, I'm pretty sure he's he's oh, he's man, there. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. awesome. Yeah. Hey, I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, he's baptized. But it was already, interesting. It's interesting. He, yeah. Like he wouldn't let me drop him off today. He wouldn't let me drop him off. What? Because apparently my son was like, I want to do this, not being Jeff Durbin's son. I want to just be Sage. Yeah. And I was, I'm like. 
Oh, it's only it's know. only because Jeff Durbin that you're at NSA. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Jeff, you gotta look at him. You gotta look at him and say you still got Durbin, boy. That's right. Yeah. You, still, you still got Durbin on that so, name, homie. Y- you can you can get him if like when you introduce him, you're like, and this is Jeff Durbin's son. He'll be like, oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he does that with everybody else. We have Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, budget uh, director. Budget director. <laughs> budget director. So this I, is Sage it, Durbin. He is uh, actually Mike Pence. Right. Uh, the episode Jeff we did with Jeff. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, if, if no one knows, this is why you need to come to New St. Andrews College. All right. That's that, my that plug. Was, that was That's all my plug. a commercial for New St. Andrews. Andrews. I'll send yes. them the invoice. NSA.edu. NSA, right. not, gov. No, not gov. Not gov. No, no. no. big dip. Big dip. Dot edu. Yeah. Inside joke on that one. All right. right. Let me get to some politics. Are we going to get there? No, I hope Nothing so. happened. We're going to get there. Nothing no. happened. No. Um, so, guys, a little Idaho politics here first before okay. we get into some other stuff. Um, first off, Guests who endorsed um, Raul Labrador for uh, governor. Governor. Yes. Uh, Brian Little. No. Brad Little. I mean. So Ted Cruz endorsed Raul Labrador for okay. governor in Idaho. Now tell me who. who? Now guess who endorsed Tommy Alquist. Mm. Think. think. Uh, 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 Mor- uh, Mormon. Think, Mormon. Mormon. The Mormon. Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Yes. Sorry. So we got these dueling endorsements, and they all came out the same week. Now Raul is Mormon, though, right? He is, but okay. he's more. Evangelical Mormon, yeah, I guess. He's right. the one that didn't show up to the debate, right? He's the one that didn't come. Yeah, right. So he's he's, man, he's, he he's the one we do not speak of. Uh, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's Thank right. you, Jeff. That's right. I don't even. And and then um, so Tommy Alquist was endorsed by Mitt Romney. That's not that's you okay. know, Can I just okay? I will wait till we finish. Not, that's just not a lot news to say here, about that. but not news here right. yet. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Um, but this week, Tommy Alquist um, removed language from his campaign website, promising to fight to protect Idaho's rights Got to define marriage. Got him. What? Yes. Say remember, it again. We, Say remember it again. we brought this up. Say he, it he scrubbed language from his website, promising to fight, um, Idaho's right to define marriage their own way. Took it their own way. Wow. Yes. Wait, wait. Just, did we ask him about this in our? Yes, we did. I'm pretty sure we asked him about Obergefell. We should we go did. get the. We should go get the clip. I'll go and find it. it up. And I'll, I'll, go find I'll send it to his get campaign. It. I'll send it to his campaign. We'll, we'll publish it across Facebook and promote it. But but you remember, so he just he just scrubbed it. Yeah. So I don't know much. much what does that pu- mean? Public. What does that mean? Right. It, maybe. Tommy. Tommy, if you're out there listening to Cross Pop. <laughs> 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 sorry. sorry, sorry. Uh, but, but Tommy, come on the show. We'd like to talk to you about but this. But remember, he was the only gubernatorial um, site that included a resolution to protect the sanctity of marriage. So Raul didn't, didn't have, even have that. Didn't have it on his site. Mm. So uh, he. So wait, he's trying to become governor of Idaho. Yeah. Right. That's that's come what's on, going on. Tommy. I'm confused. Isn't right. Idaho a Republican state? That's mm-hmm. the problem. What in the world? People, people? are cowards. <laughs> What'd you say, Jeff? People are cowards. Oh yeah, I know. Well, that's what that's what he says. So, so kind of the statement from uh, kind of his campaign is um, they still he still believes in marriage between man and woman, but no longer promises to fight to uphold that He's, definition. He doesn't have he doesn't that have statements like, on his website. Yeah. No, no, that, no, that's no, it's not on his website. That's that's kind of a statement from his campaign. Kind of it it his says campaign. he no longer promises to fight this. So this is the newspaper edit of that statement. Oh, okay. okay, so they might be hyperbolizing a little bit to make it sound. But that's a, but I that's, mean, that's, that's what it looks like. That's but, what it sounds in essence. With, without hearing it from Tommy's mouth, this is what the newspaper is reporting. Do, on do you guys part. think that conservatives uh, actually outnumber? The liberals in this, if you took everyone in this oh, whole country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. what, oh, yeah. isn't it amazing? I believe that too. So, isn't it amazing how the conservatives, I think, do outnumber the liberals by a landslide, yep. I think, in many in many Probably. instances. And yet, it's the liberals, liberal media that it, that ends up dominating because men like 
this and others Tommy Tommy Alquist, aren't, aren't, yeah. aren't willing to actually stand up and just say, it's going to be this way, yeah. right. and you guys can eat it. Yeah, and yeah. actually, well, this a, is, go ahead. This is, I think this is a, a problem in a, along the nation with Christians, too, just going right to what Jeff was saying. Right. Can we say comfortably that Christians are the majority of Americans here? So yeah, professing Christians? Yeah, so there's, right. there's, yeah, yeah. Professing so there's Christians. 75 million Christians Especially if you include in the, the baptized babies. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> then then because, most of America yep. is. Amen. <laughs> so so there's, there's 75 million Christians in the U.S., and how many votes did it take to get Obama in office? It took about 60 million. Well, look at Obergefell. It took 60 million look, look votes. Look at that. Look at, so all look, we have to do is Christians right. be on the same page and vote, there and was, we could actually take over our country as uh, politically. Over 30 states had passed laws defining marriage is between one man and one woman right and obergefell overturned all of those Mm -hmm. that that just tells you all right there and those laws were passed because almost each of those states actually the people voted on it there's a several yes there's a couple states where they didn't vote on it and it's just a state decision right um but But, most of those went before the people to vote on like california the eighth california right was the eighth right even california proposition eight even california even california yeah Yeah. as bad as that is they still voted at what point um and then that that got pushed to the Supreme Court, to the state Supreme right. Court in, in uh, San Francisco. Oh, yeah. So let's yeah. talk about this real quick. So we got Tommy Alquest, who above all did best on the Governor's Live Show. He, he that was, we did. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, between was, him and between Little. him and, and, and Brad Little, he was he did the best. He started yeah. figuring out where this thing yeah. was going, and he said, "Okay, I'm gonna go in that direction." And as the show went on, I, I mean, I think yeah. it even kind of he got better as it went. Like, Absolutely. He, he started. I mean, he was the one that actually said, "I think it was uh, I think it was Marcus yeah. who actually asked the question: Is, is it, it murder? murder? Is it is murder? murder? And, murder. He, and he said, "Yes." Yeah. But if he's if he's doing that, if he's willing to capitulate in this, I know how much more is he willing to capitulate that, that on the was, issue of life? That was the thing I was worried about was that he was warming up to us. Yes, and he was sort of mm. he was he was warming up his yeah. politician muscles. So if you guys like, you know, like Tommy he, he's, Alquist, t- he's saying what he he wants, he thinks the audience wants him to say. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, he's he's he seems to be a good politician. Right, right. What we need is a, a good man. But he's saying right. he's 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 the non-politician guy, and that's what he's running on. Yeah. But I think he's warming up for it. So what do we do? Because right now we have this is a problem because yeah. he's he's looking like he could win. Right. I mean, he's getting the right endorsements. A lot of people liked him. Uh, Raul Labrador has some weight, mm-hmm. but Tommy is like fresh meat and he's looking good. He's looking good right now. Do we know anything? Are there, are there any like early polls or anything? Well, everyone, too- everyone thinks Raul's the front runner. Yeah. That's well, kind of that's the general consensus. Yeah. Um, but, but it's also interesting. I believe Mitt Romney. Um, won the state of Idaho when he was going against yeah. um, right. John McCain. So we're a conservative state, but you know we're heavily Mormon. Right. right. I mean, you know, it's right. it's massively Mormon. Southern Idaho is just dominated. BYU is the largest college here in Idaho, and they got about 40,000. BYU-Idaho. 40,000 mm-hmm. 40, BYU-Idaho, 40,000 students. Yeah. Wow. So, so what do we do? Is there a way to start heading this off and saying, Tommy, what are you doing? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean. I need to find those comments If he's first, a politician, though, that means he only speaks politician. Right, and so I think I think you have to scare him. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, yeah. I think that's what you have to do. I think yeah. I think you have to you have to scare these. A lot of times you have to scare these men to turn right or turn. To, yeah, because that's that's how they function. They're 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 afraid, and so they're they're cowards, mm-hmm. and so they start scrubbing this stuff because they 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 think they're gonna. But I think you have to f- scare them the other but way. It really makes he who should not be named more attractive. Yes, mm-hmm. you know it, it. It really does. I don't feel like fighting Tommy right now. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. If, if Raul would come out and suddenly put a statement like that on his page, yeah, right, right. This I think that would be that change. That would like 
Yeah, we'll sign up. I'll sign up and I'll vote for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we can get, we get behind you. Yeah. Can we get he who should not be named on the show? So so I'm working on getting Raul to come on the show. Hopefully he who in should January. not be named. <laughs> January. Well, that's why Trump yeah. got elected, though, because he actually gambled. He took a he made yep. a bet on there's this whole segment of, of the United States that doesn't like any of this stuff, wants to go this direction. So he said, you know, uh, abortion. He said, I'm going to criminalize it, yep. Yep, and women will be punished. Right. He did. And uh, <laughs> I'll put people in Supreme Court. They're going to strike it down. Right. Roe v. Wade. And, and, and now here we are now, you know, almost, almost moving on into a year into his, um, into his term. And what's he done to make good on that promise? Not, not a thing, ultimately. He gave yeah. us maybe, maybe one good Supreme Court. Right. Um, uh, uh, he hasn't been tested, but I, in, sure. yeah. In terms, yeah. in terms of actually uh, making this like part of his in my campaign, I said I'm going to criminalize abortion. Right. And now here's what I'm doing to do that. He's yeah. not moving that direction. Right. But it's it. What my point is is that Trump demonstrated that if you speak to this segment of the, of America, right. they'll vote for you right. and you'll win. Right. And what's what's compelling to me is how these men will scrub their websites and they'll go mm-hmm. the other direction because they're afraid of the other side. It's like that's the minority in yeah, exactly. Idaho. In if, Idaho, or is it though? Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you, I think I think in don't you think in, in Idaho if somebody stood up and said uh, I'm going to protect marriage, I'm going to protect children, I'm going to you know all these Christian values, yeah. and upheld them, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Don't yeah. you think they'd win? You would think. I I but would like to think. so. I'd like to think so. Yeah. But you got people yeah. scrubbing their pages now, removing that kind of language from their page, and it's hard enough to find a pro-life statement on these guys' page. I, I, you know, I, I, the, or, the the so maybe we're not conservative like we think we are. The more I've talked to these politicians, um, the interviews that we've been doing with Jeff Sidaway and these other guys, um, the more it's occurred to me that I, I think that courage begets courage, and cowardice begets yeah, cowardice. Absolutely. And so I think when you have leaders that speak this way and start backing away, the people really do follow. This is why shepherds are so mm. important for sheep. Mm. When the shepherd is afraid, the sheep get afraid. Right. And when the shepherd is courageous, the sheep get courageous. This is why right. I think, um, here's a little preview for our Brian Bailey interview, but I thought the last his last charge, the last thing right. of his interview, yeah. he said, get in a church, get a pastor who will hold you accountable Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's I think that's that's spot on. Right. Yeah. Right. Get, and, and you get backed up if you do something risky in the public sphere. Right. He'll back you. You up. have a pastor who backs you right. up. Well, right? don't you think there's also a problem, too? This is, we had uh, some time with Darren last night and uh, he was bringing up how he was part of a 5000 member church in California. But no one is ever afraid of that church. Right. He's no one's scared of that church. But in Moscow, you guys. You guys take some heat sometimes because people are afraid. You're a smaller church. You're not one of the larger churches. But but people, he said, the community generally, liberals and everything else in the community are yeah. afraid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they try to get NSA shut down, you know, all the things that they do. Right. And like, you know, us, we're in, in Phoenix, you know, the liberals, uh, Antifa, all those Your guys. Kauai church plant starting terif- to get terrified. some heat. You guys haven't yeah. even planned it I was just going to bring that. We haven't even gone to Kauai <laughs> right, right, yet. Right. And the liberals and the right. SJWs there are posting on Craigslist. Way da- go. Dangerous cult coming to Kauai. Like, be warned. <laughs> hey, Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations, Claudie. Lottie Dottie, we like to Claudie. Amen. I, I, yeah. And you know what's interesting about that too is that, that in the mic. In the in the the short amount of time that we spent on the island, this is the result of it. We haven't even planned it. Yeah. Wow. So, I, I just yeah. made it onto Craigslist about two months ago. Hey. Did you? I, I'm I, yeah, my my uh my family was really excited to hear about that. I, 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 Craigslist? Were you for sale? You're, no, you're, I'm I'm your on family a, put you up for sale on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can you help me guys? <laughs> no, um I, there's a bulletin board and you know notices and there's a there's a notice at least it was there a couple months ago that said beware of Pastor Toby Sumter of Trinity Reformed yes. Church. Um particularly protect your children and keep them away from him. 
Wow. wow. Was it a Baptist worried about you baptizing him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's my post. Every time he comes off with a water Jeff, bottle. did you do that? Jeff, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was after I was here. I was like, but, yeah, I'm going to warn some people. Yeah, there. yeah. Totally dangerous. <laughs> that's great. Hey, so um, I got a, a little video clip here. Um, I, you know, I, ha- <laughs> I, I have to talk <sighs> about Texas every episode, but this is important. You mean um, where? Um, you, you remember okay. the? You remember the shoot up that happened at a local church? Yes. Um, yep. a couple yep. weeks yep. ago, down near San Antonio. Super, yeah, outside of San Antonio, um, over half the congregation either got shot or killed. Yeah, and you know, it's a church of probably eighty people, yep. so pretty significant. Well, I, this this just really touched me. This is the pastor being interviewed. Him and his wife. The pastor was out of town. Was supposed to be his there. His wife was out of town right. too. His wife was out right. of town. And yeah. so this is them being interviewed. Um, talking about it and. He there's about a four minute interview, but this is his last thirty seconds, just mm. kind of charging um, the the uh, media. Man, that mm. that's touching. Mm. Half his sheep got shot up, mm. and he's saying, "Lean into the Lord." Yeah, yeah, and Amen. That's yeah. that's the answer. Right, yep. right. Lean into the Lord. Right, and that's yep. and that's the only way we're going to have the courage that it takes, to, and you know, to to stand, to keep standing, to keep to keep preaching, to keep uh, confronting sin, to keep saying, "This is Amen. this is the truth. This is the way." And and to not be not to be blown about by every wind that's that's coming at you, all the threats, all the accusations, all the reviling, and all the wickedness. Yeah, that, that's yeah. Going on. Lean into the Lord. Maybe when we on the third segment we talk a little bit about churches arming themselves and how to protect against some of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. When we come back, Brian Bailey next on Cross Politic. He was Pence's what? Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Welcome back to Cross Politic. I got vaping buddies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how that happened. Um, This segment is brought to you by. 
the unity of Pedo-Baptists and Baptists. Oh. Cheers! Here, <laughs> here! In, in, in the house. In Amen. the house. And with us today is uh, Br- Mr. Brian Bailey. He's a elder at Clear Note Church in Bloomington, Indiana. He's also the father of nine as of August. Amen. Wow. Praise Amen. God. All he's, baptized? He's, he's, Are they all baptized? <laughs> Are they baptized? <laughs> Come on now. I'm rooting Not for yet. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> this interview is going to be very short. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, you held a um, chief budget director position under Governor Pence. Now vice president. Now yeah. vice president of the United States. Um, Brian, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Sure. Thank you for having me. So, um, before we get to the real stuff on baptism, um, talk to us. Talk to us about your role uh, in uh, state government under Governor Pence. Sure. The first position I held for Governor Pence was as the Office and Management and Budget Chief of Staff and his Fiscal Policy Director, and the focus during that initial six months was the session, was the legislative session, his first one, in which he passed his first budget and enacted property tax cuts to the income tax and eliminated the inheritance tax. So those were the big big jobs uh, during that first first six months of his administration. And then after that, he appointed me to be his budget director, at, at which point my job was to steward state budget to make sure that we maintained a surplus. We didn't spend any more money than we took in from the taxpayer. And that, <laughs> Imagine we, that. that we maintained, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that we maintained an adequate reserve, which is just an adequate savings account. So in case we hit some, some economic trouble, that there would be enough there that we didn't have to raise taxes, mm-hmm. but that we could still provide services. Now, as, as this, in this position, um, how how do you bring um, biblical principles to bear on your work in public office? Sure. The one primary guiding principle for me was following the law. And that's good. Anyone that you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. one hundred and one. I, I like to keep it. I like to keep it simple. Um, following the law and making sure that you're taking it step by step. You're not skipping things. You're not um, playing fast and loose with the text. You're actually trying to abide by the letter and the spirit of it. And that's, that's important because in budgeting, and then once you have the budget, you're administering it, things happen that people want to find quick solutions for. Mm. And the quick solution usually doesn't follow legal process. So my one of my overriding principles was to corral all of those um, weird things and to make sure that we were following the legal process. You you talked about kind of like a guiding principle being, you know, just 101, like following the laws that are currently on the books. But how do you also, as a, as a Christian um, in this position, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty um, uh, high up position at the state, um, also move, you know, change the law to reflect kind of um, more more equity and justice and, and kind of line up with maybe some of the biblical principles for how budgets should be spent and, and stuff like that? Yeah, great great question. My, my overriding principle, in addition to following the law, was to preserve as much 
taxpayer money for the taxpayer as possible. We did not, we didn't want to raise taxes. We wanted to spend the money according to the budget and not borrow. There was a, there's actually a budget that we, we drafted in his second budget session where one of our objectives was not to borrow anything and just to pay down debt. And we, I think those are sound economic principles. I think they're sound biblical principles. And we tried to, as much as we could, abide by those. Were there any places while you were serving where your Christian principles came up to the sort of uh, into conflict with what either you were being asked to do or what you were being expected to do? Well, there was a there was an issue of taking money that was appropriated for one purpose in the budget and trying to shuffle it and spend it on another purpose. And these kinds of requests come up. They can come up from others within the administration. They can come up with uh, from legislators that want to make a change to the budget that was passed by their colleagues. And I would not. I wouldn't do it unless there was authority that was very specific for how you handled money and you transferred it from fund to fund. Yeah. What What about um, specifically? Um, how do you How did you handle things like um, state funds going to Planned Parenthood? You know, specific. Well, you know, one of, one of the conditions for me taking the job was that I would I would not find anything that would require money to go from the state to Planned Parenthood. I just wasn't going to be a part of that. If wow. that was so that's where you started. A, when, when Mike Pence came to you, that's where you started and said, hey, here's, here's my principles coming into this where I'm going to be. That, 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 yes, that was, a, that was a condition. And I, it was something I couldn't abide by. If I were to get that office, it wouldn't have been worth it if I had to violate that principle. So does does Indiana actually not? I mean, do they do any funding of Planned Parenthood? Was that an issue, or did somebody else do it for you? Or there was in the the prior administration, there was a um, a movement away from any any sort of funding uh, to Planned Parenthood, and that was a principle that we were able to maintain, nice. a policy we were able to maintain in the in the Pence administration. Uh, Brian. I had a list of questions for you, and then your opening comments, they kind of jarred me a little bit and made me have to kind of redirect and say, I want to talk about this a little bit. So I just want you to know we're friendlies, and uh, I'm a friend, but this is a set of gotcha questions. Now, because I like you, uh, I'm giving, war- I'm giving you the heads up war- right now. Okay, so. <laughs> but when you uh, opened up and you was telling what you did, you said you saved money aside so that you wouldn't have to raise taxes. Now, I kind of like those people who say taxation is theft. Um, and <laughs> I fit into some of that category. So when you say you're saving money, aren't you saving money that was basically overtaxed from the citizen? How does that working? How are you able to save money? Sure. Yeah. Great. Great questions. So I thought when so. We, <laughs> when, when we when we put together the budget, we we have a revenue forecast, and so the revenue forecast will say. Income tax, sales tax, corporate income tax, other taxes. I'm just going to be general here. You're going to receive $15 billion from those taxes. And we, we don't know whether that's actually going to come in over a year or over the second year. And so we, we imposed what was called a reversion. We told the agencies, you have to hold back two or three percent of your budget 
and return it to the general fund at the end of the year. And so we were able to restrain spending and have those dollars build up in what we call reserve funds. Now, in Indiana law, there and it's changed over, over the years, there was what was called an automatic taxpayer refund. And so if that reserve fund, if that state savings account got over a certain percentage, then dollars would be given back to the taxpayer. And that's what happened in 2012 or 2013 through um, income tax refunds to taxpayers. Let, let, me, let me challenge that, that, that point there. Um, why mm-hmm. would taxes just not be lowered instead of dollars returned? That well, that that's yes, and that's the approach that Governor Pence preferred, and that's why he was he campaigned on a ten percent income tax cut and uh, ran into some pretty stiff opposition in the Republican-controlled Senate and House. His first session. <laughs> <laughs> and they, so they we, were Republicans. <laughs> yes, oh, and so we 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 ended up at the end of the day at a compromise of a five percent tax cut, and there and mm. to this day I have in my office this political cartoon drawn drawn by Gary Varvel, where you have the the Speaker of the House, you have President Pro Tem of the Senate in a boxing ring, and the and you have Governor Pence on their shoulders, and both of them are, you know, cut and bruised and punched and battered. At the end of the day, that was the compromise that they arrived at. But yes, the, the Governor Pence's preferred approach was to cut taxes and not take it in and save it. See, because in Minneapolis, I think right now, my, my family's from Minneapolis. Minneapolis is home to me. And last time I was visiting, they told me they had um, $1.2 billion in reserve from overtaxation. And they're sitting there trying to figure out, well, what else do we get to build? What parks do we get to you know, build? And, and I'm th- thinking to myself, you got $1.2 billion and you're trying to figure out what to build? How about give it back to the taxpayers and let them boost your economy from what they decide they want to build? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just, I just I'm wondering, like, you know, I kind of agree with this. Yeah. Here's a, here's a tax question um, that I've, I've kind of, this has kind of been my, I don't know, hypothesis or whatever, or philosophy of trying to push forward and trying to figure out a way or a cap in law that says um, our senators, our state cannot tax us any more than, let's say, like 20%. And Eef. and it, and it caps. That's even high. I'd prefer 10. Yeah, but, 10 is still but let's, judgment, Gabe. Let's, let's, let's just say 10%. And this includes, <laughs> this includes, you know, gas tax, everything that comes into the state coffers that the state basically puts enacts a bill that restrict the tax uh, the, the 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 politicians from increasing taxes more than x and then that if they did then that would be defined basically as stealing because one of the things that politicians have right now is there's no there's no definition for taxation as theft and and yeah, at what point at what point do we say this is clearly theft let's just define it and so it, it you see what i'm saying there brian Sure. It, yeah, sure. And there there are a number of states that have enacted spending caps where they try to limit spending as a as a spending increases as a, as a function of population increase or a function of inflation or GDP fun- or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah G- right. GDP. Uh-huh. And, and what I, I think that there are and I think Colorado has had some success with this, but my. My thinking is that what you want are legislators who are committed to who are committed to the taxpayer, who are committed to spending within your means, and that you're going to get better returns from those commitments than having a structure in law 
that that they can find ways to get around. I, I guess my point is basically trying to push for a definition that puts um, at some point it's just going to be theft if the politicians keep pushing at citizens for more money. Um, do you, would you, know you do you think there's a number like I mean Brian I mean just thinking about this financially and being involved in the state um, government I mean would you be willing to say you know I I really think that you know this percentage is plenty and you know beyond this I, we're there we're at theft the, I I think there there I don't know what the percentage is I, I remember when uh, when George Bush was running I think this was I think this was two thousand. He said, "Any more than a third of your income being taxed is is immoral." Right. And I don't know what the point is. Yeah. A third. I don't. I don't know if it's a third. And when you and you, when you add up municipal taxes and state taxes and federal yeah. taxes, oh, and yeah. some some estimates are forty to fifty percent of your income is yeah. Yeah. is being paid in taxes. But at some point, what's happening is, and what's been happening for for decades, is that the state is taxing away. The means of the family to support itself, right? right. To survive, yeah. And, and it it's it's collecting the wealth, it's distributing it according to its policies, and what what's happening is it's taking away the authority and the means of self defense of families from the government. Right. Mm. I, I always I always remember you know Samuel telling the the Israelites they they want a king. Yeah. Right. And and he, right. he says if you get a, if you ask for a king, you guys, he might tax you up to ten percent, <laughs> up to ten percent. Right. <laughs> judgment from God. Right, yes. right. But yeah. it 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 sure, it sure seems and, and right along with what you're saying, Brian, is as soon as you are starting to take more than that, you are taking the place of God. You're taking the place. You're you're going to be the provider, the savior, the defender, and yeah. and you're not allowing the the actual spheres of of government that God's created to do what they're supposed to do. Yes, the the state, and this is this has been going on for decades now yeah, here right. in America, has arrogated to itself authority. The central government has arrogated it to itself authority that is undermining the intermediate institutions of of the family, of schools that are not, you know increasingly under federal bureaucratic regulatory control. Right, churches. So every 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 institution that would stand or buffer. The individual from the state is being removed and or weakened. Right. You know, one thing that President Trump, I think, has shown all of us is that you not can, to use Twitter, not to use Twitter <laughs> at three a.m. Right, <laughs> but but that you can do something radical and still get elected. <laughs> and regardless, regardless, if it's, it's you know is uh, something that ridiculous. we all agree with, even it's ridiculous. And and so, <clears throat> um, why have we kind of bought into um, and I and, and Mike Pence, I, I like a lot of what Mike Pence has said and done, even as VP. I think he's in an awkward position, <laughs> right? You know, but at the same time, he had the the state uh, ability. He had the state level, uh, the highest level of office in the state of Indiana. And I I, I don't know if he did much radical um, uh, push and initiatives in Indiana to to change. And, and Trump obviously has shown that that's possible. Um. I- you mentioned Twitter and in the media, and I think what what President Trump has shown is that you can go around the media, over the media, under the media, directly to the individual, and that you can expose the media for its role as the other party. I mean, it's right. it's an opposing party, yeah. and he's he's been masterful 
in exposing that. So, uh, so tell us, did you vote for Trump and Pence? And, and, I did. And, uh, and what, do you, what do you think? What kind of grade would you give them? Well, I, I voted against Hillary and <laughs> Tim Kaine, and I voted for, for uh, President Trump and, and Vice President Pence. And I, I don't know that I would give them a grade at this point. <laughs> um, Incomplete. Incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, what, what I wanted to see was a repeal of Obamacare. And that's something that the Republican Party had run on for for a number of cycles and, and hasn't produced basically six years. And and that that would be so. We talked about the the federal government arrogating power to itself. So it's arrogated one fifth of the entire United States economy, bound up with healthcare. Wow! And wow! It's as it controls healthcare, it's controlling a fifth of the economy. Yeah. If you, if you want to promote freedom and you want you want to promote individual freedom, family freedom, you're going to repeal Obamacare. Brian, we're at the end of our time here, but you, given your position, given your experience, you're an elder in the church, you are an attorney, and you have experience at the state level, at the legislature. Um, if you have one thing to um, admonish, exhort um, the Christians out there that are listening to you, to listening to this show, um, what would you tell them? What would you charge them? How would you encourage them? Absolutely. I, I would encourage them to find a good church and to find a, a pastor who is going to hold them accountable huh. to standing for truth in the public square. And yeah. then when they do that, that pastor is also going to encourage them not to leave because it is extremely lonely being being in a position like that, you you look at whether you're going to thrive politically. There there are only two ways to do it. There's the world's way of thriving, or there's God's way of thriving. Amen. And God's way of thriving looks like dying. Hmm. It's obscure. It's lonely. But it, it's we got to we have to stand before God and give and give an account. Those of us who are civil magistrates have to give an account for the degree to which we punish the evil and we rewarded the good. And God doesn't care about our jobs, and he doesn't care about our comfort. He does care that we're obedient mm. and that we work within the office that he's given us to protect the weak, to protect those that are on the margins. And that, that's what I would say to encourage the fellow civil magistrates out there. Brian, that's really good. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us on Cross Politic today. And um, God bless you and your work. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, brothers. Thanks for having me. This is Cy Timbrunke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. I often run into professed Christians who say they have doubts about the existence of God. Now, Romans 1 tells us that everyone has sufficient knowledge of God for their condemnation. When a person expresses doubts about the existence of God, they, for whatever reason, are engaging in truth suppression. If you're in that situation today, I'd like to offer you some encouragement. What does doubt presuppose? What is necessary to doubt anything? Well, first you have to assume that there is such thing as truth, because you're doubting the truth of a claim. You also have to assume that there is such thing as logic, as you're using logic to formulate your doubts. 
you have to assume that your reasoning is at least somewhat reliable as you're using it to examine the truth and logic of your doubts. You also have to assume uniformly in nature that the present is like the past, where you would have zero basis for assuming anything that you believe yesterday applies today. Those are just some of the things you need to assume in order to doubt anything. Here's the thing though, you can't justify any of them without God. Truth, logic, the reliability of one's reasoning and the uniformity of nature cannot be made sense of in a world without God. So basically, in order to be able to doubt God, you need God. I don't know what has brought you into this season of doubt, but know that God works all things for the good of those who love Him, as Romans 8.28 says. The answer to affliction is not doubt, it's trust in the God that you know for certain exists. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. Welcome back to Ross Politic, y'all. We're really grateful uh, to have Brian Vice Bailey. President. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Brian Bailey. Uh, great, uh, great to talk to him. So much more we could talk to him about. Oh, yes. Oh, but, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get involved where you are and get, most importantly, get involved in a good church with a pastor, with a backbone, and uh, who, will, who will stand with you and then get involved in your community. Stand for Jesus. Um, with us today, you already know, we've got like, I don't know, Half of Apologia Church with us? I don't know. Um, a bunch of them in the house. And especially, we, we've we got Claudie. Pastor Claudie, you're going to Hawaii really shortly. Yes, and, uh, December 11th. And what are you doing? We're planning a church. Okay. And you're on Craigslist already? Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm not on Craigslist. Je- Jeff is. Jeff is. Yes. A, a dangerous cult. Jim yes. Jim Jones, David Koresh. Yes. And, and Jeff yeah. Durbin. Yes, and that's, Jeff Durbin. that's okay. Talk to us a little bit about um, what you've been doing to get ready for this, and um, and, and wh- why 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 I mean, other than the fact that it's beautiful. Well, Jeff can answer why Hawaii better than I can. Okay, but, and the story is actually a beautiful story. But I, Jeff, if you want to chime in, on yeah. That. So I'll just try to summarize it. So we had no plans to go to Kauai. It wasn't in our sights whatsoever. Not not at all. And I agreed to do a uh, wedding vow renewal for a couple in our church. It was going to be a surprise for her. She didn't even know we were coming. Initially, my wife and I said no, uh, too far away, didn't have the time, too busy. And we decided to bless them and like, okay, yeah, we'll do this. So we went out to Kauai and uh, from the moment we got there while we were waiting for the couple to arrive and surprise her, um, we started driving around and we we're like, where there's cults everywhere, Mormonism, Jehovah's That's Witnesses, right. hmm. uh, Iglesia Ni Cristo. There was, uh, you know, where's the where's the Christian church? Where are the Reformed church? So now we're looking around, we're like, where's the Reformed church? And there's one Reformed church has like maybe ten families, been there for like a couple years, and uh, and so next thing you know, people start coming up to us, just random people all over the island, Christians that are just dumping like just information. They're like, oh, there's no solid teaching out here. People are starving. Wow. People use the word desert and uh, there's no outreach being done. I'm not soliciting any information. They're just coming up to me randomly and just dumping this stuff. And so um, so I'll skip over a ton of amazing, just miraculous things God did, but ended up a week later after getting home, Luke and I were back on the island. Mm. um, I I put something before the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want us to go back, if if you're in this and you want something to happen here, then drop the money on us and send us back immediately. And it was less than 24 hours later, I got a phone call from somebody that that said, hey, I, the Lord led me to give you $10,000. <laughs> Thank Whoa. you, Jesus. So, wow. so I called Luke and I said, hey, man, 
uh, pack your bags. We're going to Kauai. I'm gonna I'm gonna show I, you. I didn't even know he had asked for anything. Yeah, he just calls me. He's like, we're going to Kauai. I was like, what? Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> So sometimes my wife prays for things too, and she doesn't tell me about yeah. it beforehand. And oh, she says, "I yeah. prayed about this." You gotta I, tell me. I'm like, you gotta tell me. Maybe include me. <laughs> so uh, I, I we brought up Pastor Luke and let him see the situation. It's a seventy thousand permanent residence, essentially uh, cults everywhere, New Age everywhere. Uh, one Reformed Church, which is now gone. Um, oh wow! It's, it's now actually not even there. And uh, huge opportunity, closely connected community. Uh, once a Christian kingdom, Hawaii was once uh, yeah. won uh, by the gospel. Yeah. Uh, all the way up to their constitution, uh, 20 years of evangelism from the Puritans, and in their constitution it said no law of the Hawaiian kingdom will be at variance with the laws of Jehovah God. Uh, wow. 20 years of missionary work. Wow. Jesus is king of kings, Lord of lords. And the United <laughs> States government ended up uh, destroying all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, so well, after about two and a half years or so, I guess maybe three years of uh, going back with missionary teams, God has made it more and more clear to us. So we're at the point now we're not going as disobedience. And so we're we're going. We've uh, have families that are perfect for this. They've been raised up for it and uh, just perfectly fit for it. So mm-hmm. they're December 11th is the leave date, and uh, January 21st is the official goal date for the worship service. Do you wow. do you guys have like a, a website up for the Kauai Church? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, what is it? What is it's it? It's apologyakauai.com. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So people can find so it. Spread, get on. Spread contact. the word. Yes. Spread the word. Be praying yeah. for you guys. Yes. Yeah. We need prayer support, financial support. Absolutely. Every every bit of all of that. Wow. Yeah, and if any of our listeners are in Kauai, which I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I know. I know we got some Hawaii listeners, but I don't know yeah. if they're Kauai. And, and the neat thing is, is that we're uniquely fit for this. Uh, one of the things that was, was just, I think, powerful about it all is we didn't know going into it, we had no plans for this. Not, right. we had no plans, not nothing. And uh, next thing you know, we discover this island is overrun with occults. That's an area of our focus. Yeah. Right. And it's overrun with uh, addiction. Yep. which is how our church began. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's also the area that Claudia and his wife are heavily involved in already. Oh. So homeless population, addiction to drugs and alcohol, and the cults, and those that's those are our areas. Mm. And uh, then there's also the aspect that we're also big believers in the law of God at Apologia yep. Church. We think it has abiding relevance uh, today. Um, it was our, our forebears uh, in, with like theology that did what they did to the Hawaiian kingdom. Yeah, yeah. All of that was taken away, but God connected us very closely to the sovereignty movement in, in Hawaii. We actually, we ran into and ended up being welcomed into Literally the community really, of the really. Hawaiian sovereignty movement That's with right. the nobles and everything else. And what is that? What is the uh, Hawaii sovereignty movement? I'll let you describe. Well, the Hawaiian sovereignty movement, if you, you go back and you look at United States history, you see where, the, the Hawaiian kingdom was basically stolen by the United States. So sure. what the sovereignty movement wants to do is they want to go back to that original constitution prior to the the, the annexation of, of, of Hawaii. Christian, so Christian, Christian constitution. constitution. Christian constitution. It's, yeah. okay, more, exactly. it's more Christian than ours. Yeah, yeah. In the United States is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. It names it like it's Jesus like is Lord. It's like Covenanter. Yeah. 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 Name right. Christ yeah. as the governor of this republic. Wow. You know, right. So and, w- and when I say we literally ran into these guys, we right. literally ran into You guys into were on the guys. beach at the time that it happened, right? Yeah. yeah. If I remember this narrative a little bit, just to introduce this, you guys were on the beach, you start talking to one guy. He hold on one second. If you guys are interested in this, let me go get another guy. He calls him on the they brought, phone. They called they the call. noble. They called the noble of the Hawaiian kingdom. <laughs> that's right. And next thing you know, wow. uh, first they were threatening to us. Yes, right? that's they, right. We're, we're, we're because they're natives and we're Howleys, uh visitor. It's a yeah. it's a derogatory term term in Hawaii. You're Howleys. Okay. Uh, it means no breath, and it had to do with when Captain Cook came to Hawaii. He did. They would breathe 
and take each other's breath as mm. a sign of like affection and welcoming. Captain Cook re- refused to to do that. Huh. So they called the people no breath. Hmm. Yeah, uh, um, so <laughs> howlies are visitors. They're not welcome. Wow. They're problems. And so when they saw us on their beach, we were told, do not go to Salt Pond Beach. That's the natives. They're not going to welcome you. Don't do it. There's Christian churches that have been on an island for 20, 30, 40 years and haven't been able to crack that community. Wow. We were in in 10 minutes, and they were feeding us from the same community cup. That's and right. uh, they welcomed us. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. But in it. And the way it all came about, you know, and Marcus was there. Yeah. And so, you know, Marcus, you know, the first thing he does, he jumps out, let's get a camera, let's start filming. (laughs) So, so it was a really interesting situation because in, in, in separate instances, Jeff gets confronted by a guy on the beach. You know, what are you doing here? What are you doing? I get confronted by a gentleman in the bathroom. And, but like Jeff said, within a matter of, I, you know, 10, 15 minutes, we're, we're in. What happened? What was that that connected you guys? Well, we wanted to know their story. And that's what we told them. We want to know your story. We want to know who you are. We want your story. Yeah. And so that's where it started. And and by the time the night was over, Jeff, I think uh, you were they were wanting you to drink rum out of a bottle. And- yeah. No, they were trying to give me, you know. Yeah. yeah so, like, we, we told them, we said, we want to hear your story. And what we meant by that, and I explained it because the guy did, wasn't buying it. He was like, what story? And I said, your story, the true story, your, this true story of your people. Like, you know, the islands were taken from you, and we want, we want to tell that story. And he was like, the real thing? The real story? I was like, yeah. And then he, like, like embraced me and, like, was... Wow. And I was, love you. Yeah, yeah. But what's interesting is that we're talking to these people who are the, at the, they're the centerpieces of this whole movement to regain their sovereignty, um, and they want to go back to this original constitution of the Hawaiian kingdom, which is Christian. And we're, we're, we've created a relationship with them where we're in and we're saying things to them like, what's it going to look like, guys, mm. to have laws that don't contradict mm-hmm. the laws of Jehovah? Mm-hmm. And they're in a place where they're like, we don't even know what that looks like. Right. We're like, we, wow, we know. We do. Wow. We got that. Yeah. We, we right. got you. We'll help yeah. you. Wow. Yeah. We'll help you with that. So right now. That's amazing. I think if you guys have some opposition, it's like, well, Jeff. That's not the gospel that you should be bringing to those people. You know, you guys right. are sitting there giving them what they want, which is their sovereignty, and that right. has nothing to do with the gospel. Yeah, yeah. I, I just it, saying, Jeff. Justice and righteousness has everything to do with the gospel. Come on, hey, brother, preach. So, organ at? with the gospel, the, the the heart of the gospel is the lordship of Jesus Christ, His kingship. And so, when someone says you should just preach the gospel, I say, well, when I speak to any issue of justice and righteousness, that's in accordance with the gospel. Because Christ is king. Mm-hmm. He has something to say. So if it has to do with his authority, it has to do with the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's so when we speak to that, of course, we're there to call them in repentance and faith. But in light of the fact that you have the Hawaiian kingdom that was once Christian and says no laws can contradict the laws of Jehovah God, we're the believers who represent that God. There you go. And so if they're going to if they're if they mm-hmm. actually win that, maybe mm-hmm. it's not in our generation, maybe it's in, in two generations from now. If they win that back, we want to be instrumental to as, as believers to say we laid the foundation that can make sense of those mm-hmm. laws mm-hmm. Yeah. so that's, that's that's what discipling the nations means it means it looks like, like teach them everything that he commanded us yeah teach them to obey right and right that, what, what would it look like and, yeah. and, and baptize them i'm not sure that's in the greek i don't know what's amazing about about hawaii is that it was the most Christian nation on the face of the earth. It was the most literate nation mm. on the face of the earth. Really? At one point. Absolutely. Wow. And you 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 see the 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 last reigning queen Queen Lili Lukalani. She it, she would literally write songs to God. 
I mean, she, she, th- this woman was, was just truly amazing, mm-hmm. truly amazing. And, and it's just, it, it, when you were talking about politics, you're talking about, you're talking about a woman who would make decisions for her kingdom based off of, of her faith and her faith in God. It was, it was, it was just amazing. Simply yeah. When amazing. she was, she was, when she was uh, captured by the United States uh, military and uh, essentially, when she was essentially kidnapped and put into prison. Um, she w- she was writing songs mm-hmm. uh, about Jesus, calling her people to trust in Christ, wow. uh, and that they would get through this. And um, she, the reason she actually gave in, <clears throat> the natives wanted to actually fight, and they had every right to. They had every. It was a hostile takeover. Um, she stopped them because she didn't want the bloodshed of her people. Because mm. um, she knew she was fighting. She thought she was fighting a, a, an enemy that was much stronger and would destroy all of her people. Mm. So we're talking she, about America at this point. America, yeah. yeah okay. And I just it was make sure we know who we're it, talking about. It was now. a small. It was a small group of um, of businessmen and and others who who were uh, grandchildren of the original missionaries. Um, and they they did they stole they they stole the island. It was completely wicked. There's, there's parallel stories of this in in the way that Americans treated natives in mm-hmm. in, in the states. Every right? time that comes up, yep. Nez, the Nez Perce are are some of our local um, natives, and they had been evangelized, and many of them had come to Christ. And there's church, there's old Christian churches, Nez Perce Christian churches, just thirty forty miles south of here. Yeah, um, and then. United States troops come marching in and round them up and herd them away, and there's mm-hmm. battles fought and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, chief Joseph is a famous Nez Perce chieftain who was a a, a born again Christian. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so we, yeah, I mean we we've, we've, we've done, done, done this. Yeah, we've, we've done, done it. this. So, you know, wow. and you know they were all a bunch of Union soldiers, right? No. Yeah. And what's interesting too about Hawaii is <laughs> that Hawaii, when the election when the election comes up, you notice they never even wait for the vote totals to come in from hawaii because they already know what it's going to vote it's a blue state but the reason we've discovered it's a blue state is because the white liberal people that are there it's not the natives mm. right uh right. completely there's there's elements too of them living off the government and everything else but the, the sovereignty movement wants the native hawaiians to stop being dependent upon the united states government and to stop taking welfare and to live off the land and, and to produce their own stuff and, and self-govern. Right. That That's what they familiar. want. That's yeah. what they genuinely want. So it's a really interesting scenario. So we have all these different realms we're trying to bring the good news into and trying to be a blessing to them in terms of justice. So we have a lot of work to do, but we're really confident that because because of the nature of the situation with such a tight-knit community, we can have a dramatic impact for the kingdom yeah. very quickly. Wow. So Pastor now, Lyman, now, what's your first move there? You get there, have the first service, first service is done, now what? Well, one of the, the initial things the team is going to do, because there's a team coming in, we're, we're leaving the 11th, there's a team coming in in the beginning of January, and we're literally hitting the streets. Mm. So we'll be doing street preaching, we're going to go house to house, there's, there's different community events that are going on in and around Hawaii or Kauai all the time, and so we have an opportunity to, to engage the culture there. Uh, uh, so we've, we've got a, a wide variety of things that we're going to be doing, but that's not going to be just simply in that moment. I mean, that's something we're consistently going to be doing the entire time we're there. Yeah. So and I want to say it's going to be, I think it's going to be shocking to the community in Kauai. Uh, maybe Luke can speak to this too. It's going to shock them because there's this uh, belief, there's this commitment to what's called Ohana, which means family. Mm-hmm. And what you don't do is disrupt the family. Ohana is most supreme. And what you don't do is betray Ohana, contradict Ohana. You don't do that. So there isn't a lot of outreach and evangelism happening in Kauai, and we think our own conviction on that is is that it's because people don't want to cause any disruptions or conflict because mm. they don't want to disrupt Ohana. I mean, you 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 basically you get 
if you if you get ostracized in Kauai, the island spits you out mm-hmm. because you can't you can't be there unless so, you're America. Yeah. <laughs> so so what's interesting is that is that going there to do evangelism face to face with people to talk to them to create relationships or to even or even contradict Mormonism in the Watchtower that's going to create right. trouble, godly righteous controversy. Amen. Yeah. That needs to happen. But there's a good chance we're prepared for this. There's a good chance we'll get there, try to be faithful, and then we'll have to bring them home even. Being those cults are not about what the, the um, I'm sorry, the, the native mm-hmm. the Hawaiian group, the family is about. How do they survive there? The cults? Yeah, because they're not pushing for, to go back to the Constitution, the original Constitution. So no, how, no. how do they survive there? Well, so Hawaii, I think, uh, I think Mormonism thrives in hawaii because because of ohana because they're yeah. so committed to family yeah. and hawaii it's our mormonism is all about genealogy and ancestry and so they're like oh we got that we have that story for you right, right and so right. that's why i think it thrives there um but you also have in mormonism this like family a similar mm-hmm. kind of parallel family right. thing right and, yeah and you know um i don't know you know it better than i do but that's um but jesus is going to call them to faithfulness yeah. in a way that's going to require some of them to leave family behind. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I mean, that's, and that's you know, the hard part right? of evangelism uh, in Kauai. You know, yeah. unless, yeah. unless you love me more than yeah. your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your children, yeah. you're not worthy to be my disciple. Yeah. At the same time, of course, um, as we see in, in the New Testament, you also, that can also serve to call right. families to Christ. I mean, if, you know, yeah. if, if one of them comes to the Lord, yep. go back home and bring your family with you yep. that's right. and bring them to Christ as well. Right. Um, that, right. That's yeah. our hope. I mean, that's yeah. that's essentially why it took 16 years to make Hawaii a Christian kingdom, right? Because the the king and the queens and the the nobles all come to Christ, and then it's just right top down. Everybody like 16 comes. years, right? That was yep. it. That's 16 that's called, years. That's called uh, thinking covenantally, mm. right? Mm. I mean, that's you got to yeah. baptize yeah. babies if you want that right. <laughs> me, me, me and my household, yeah. But uh, but it's but it's um. Uh, it's powerful. Like there's these really big moments for us as a church when we got there and, and started growing and learning and, and, and establishing roots and getting to know people. We learned things on our way. Like we learned about the Christian right. history of, of Hawaii about a year or so after we're already involved wow. and, and we're like, we're doing this. So what's powerful is like, they're so, so committed to community and family. Like when they get together as families to eat, which is big in their culture on the beach or at home, uh, when they visit one another, it, Christianity is so deeply embedded into their culture that it's part of Hawaiian culture. Everybody knows it. Everybody does it. At a meal, every meal, they get together, and before they eat, they do the doxology in mm-hmm. Hawaiian. So, Stop. no joke. Y'all, y'all want to hear and it? I don't mean this is... Y'all want to hear I, it? I don't, yes, we do. I don't who mean has, this... I, who, who can sing it? I don't Somebody mean it's a, it? it's a side oh. part. Of, we'll wait to get the no, microphone over there. No, but this is, it, this is like a, a, a cultural thing. It's it's not like some people do this. It but, is embedded in Hawaiian culture. Let's the, hear it. Even this if you're an atheist, you're singing you Praise still, Father, Son. You still sing the yeah. doxology. Yeah, wow. so here's Esther. She's also going. She's Christian's wife. She'll sing the doxology. Ho'onani i kamakua mau Ke ke ki me kauhane no Ke akua mau ho'o mai ka ipu Ko ke ya au ko ke la au I think that's how we got to end this. Amen. Amen. Wow. I love wow. how amen is the same in every language. Yes. <laughs> yes. Amen. So they do this at, at That's awesome. Thank every you. Every meal. Yeah, if you're you. an atheist, you sing praise you're singing to the praise triune God. to the triune God. 
And I, like I said, I'm not kidding when I say oh, it's not a small segment. It is everybody yeah. knows a doxology. This is what wow. they do. Way to go, guys. Yeah. Oh, Praying wow. for you. Well, yeah. Anyway, so what's the website again? ApologiaKawaii.com. ApologiaKawaii.com. What, what's the website again? <laughs> ApologiaKawaii. <laughs> A-P-O-L-G-I-A-K-A-U-A-I. Com. <laughs> I think about that one. Hey, thank you guys for being in the studio yeah. with yeah, us. This is Glad to have you here and praying for you. Go you. ahead, Pastor. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics.